This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Miss Lisa D'Amato. Yes. Hello. Thanks for what, having me. What is going on? Um, what is going on? Okay, so today is I don't even know what day. I know it's Wednesday. I'm even questioning that at this moment. Well, like, I mean, you know, especially with like, like, just, yeah, right? It's like COVID. I've got kids. I'm, I'm, it's like quarantine day, like month 10 almost, you know, um, I have two little boys, so I homeschool them. I take care of my dad who has MS, you know, got my husband who has leukemia and he gets bl- blood infusions every three weeks. Like, you know, everything's just crazy. Like everything's nuts. It's no. and all of that is harder with COVID, right? Or is it not because everyone's home anyway and it's easier? It's in a way? kind of a little bit of both, you know? Like some things end up working out better than they did before. And then like other things you're like, well, this sucks, but there's so much like good things that are coming out of it, you know? And then you're like, it's actually not that bad. And then you kind of all evolve together. And then it kind of just becomes what it becomes, you know? Where are you? Like, I forgot where you are in the world. Okay, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm on my That's, I don't know why I didn't think you were in Los Angeles for some reason. Did you think I was East Coast? No, I think I thought you were West Coast, but I thought you were more in some suburb somewhere. I don't Are know you why. Serious? That is the weirdest thing I've ever. Heard. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't. I mean, I guess like, um, you know, I live in a in a a beautiful home, and we're you know, but I'm I'm like literally right above Hollywood. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I'm right in the center of Chelsea in New York. So same thing. That's where I stayed in when I modeled there in my model's apartments. They were always in Chelsea. I'm trying to remember what street it was. I think, wasn't it 23rd Street? I might be making that up too. Why is that where you see a lot of model's apartments? It actually no, does ring a bell. I'm just picturing like when, like just the outside, it just looked like, I don't know. I had the same thing. I guess I just make a lot of backstories up in my mind without actually chatting with people to hear what their real story is in life. Oh, but wow. I, do you love, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. So you're like, your home, it's you, your children, your husband and your father, you're all there. Yeah, I have three generations in my house right now. And also, um, you know, they are immune compromised as well. Right. So as far as quarantine's conter- uh, concerned, my not only is my husband a doomsday prepper, so he's been prepping for about six years now, um, just in general, like we're a doomsday family, which is super bizarre. But no, we if are you, like crazy. If you, you know, talk to my father, like my father's yeah. a doomsday person. Like I, I'm used to it. I, I, I'm not, I think because like I revolt against it. I'm the exact opposite, but I do, I understand it. I you understand, understand it. it. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, it's, it's very casual in our house. You know, it's not something that like, it's an obsession or anything. It's just like you learn something and then you get it, you know? Um, anyway, 
that being said, like we are just so careful, you know, I think it's like one in 17 have COVID right now in Los Angeles, one in 17, that's like right below us. So when we get packages, you know, all these things like from OfferUp, from Etsy, from eBay, we try to be super eco-friendly in this house. We only buy things from Amazon that we absolutely have to, you know, um, but like, even with that, we have, we have UV light boxes that we clean. We spray everything before oh, it comes wow. in the food, everything. Like we have our own gas masks. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, that's, too. well, that's, I mean, that's, I listen, I think that's what a lot of people should be doing. Like I. Basically what I'm trying to say, like long story short is like I've been on the apocalyptic chic thing for a while you know you were just ahead of your time totally you should you should see my baby's my firstborn's baby book like we're in gas masks and like oh it's so so ridiculous so does your husband say now like I told you something was coming I told you something bad was around the corner for six years everybody asks me that and that's not the case at all like he does not like this like this makes him very sad that you know, I think overall in Doomsday Prep, I mean, Adam and I were even on uh, Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars because- Oh, we're going to talk about that too. Really? That's so <laughs> funny. We went on there because of his Doomsday Prepping because I'm a ray of sunshine. I was like, what the fuck? Like now we have a kid and like I live in, you know, um, um, what's that jail called? I live in Fort Knox now. Like I'm just getting up in the middle of the night, like need to breastfeed. I can't turn on the lights because it needs a code and I can't find my phone because it's dark and I don't want to turn the light because then I wake them up. Like, you know, everything was like decoded. It needed to be decoded. And so that's why we went on marriage bootcamp, um, which thank God we did. But like, you know, it was interesting because all the other couples were either like physical abuse or they weren't actually they even faked being on it they as a couple like remember Tara Reid I don't know if you saw that one but um yeah anyways it was and you weird. guys were on there because he was like he became a doomsday prepper and you and were just like, like this is not me this will I I mean I it, it gets complicated we can circle back to that one but um, we have to because I I have more questions about that later too <laughs> okay okay well, now, so, uh, all right. So I was just going to ask you, so Los Angeles, but like, where are you from? Cause I forgot. I don't even know if I know that. Oh, I'm from Los Angeles too. So oh, you I are? Was, oh. yeah, I was raised, um, in like polar opposite neighborhoods. So my mom, my mom and dad got divorced very, when I was young, like third grade, my mom lived in Thousand Oaks and my dad lived in Hollywood and then moved to Inglewood and then Monterey Park and then Montebello. And so I was always either in Thousand Oaks where it's like, you know, pretty um, white and like, you know, everyone kind of drives Mercedes around and every kid has like four different lessons they do weekly. And the kid's like, oh, I have this lesson now, you know, like don't appreciate anything that they have, right. but like literally are blessed, you know? And then, then I'd go with my dad and it'd be like an apartment building where everyone's kind of going in and out of shifts as parents and like collectively all the neighbors kind of like watch all the kids you know and it's like a community and everyone's just trying to come up just one little step to come up and they all like enrich hope in each other and they like 
pray for each other's like opportunities and auditions and like, you know, applicate like job applications. Total and it's opposites. Like, it was total opposite my entire childhood. And I remember going back to Thousand Oaks and they'd be like, ew, oh my God, you're like in dirty Hollywood and like gross Inglewood. And I'm like, they have hope guys. You're the fucking like piece of shit. Like doesn't even care about your piano lessons, you know? Like, you're like, they're nice. So like that's, so you, where'd you fall on that? Like you kind of have, just in right in the middle um no 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 uh, um my mom so my mom got custody of us but she was just you know my dad always raised us so we didn't really even know her when they got divorced and she was just like you know uh I just want to like I it, it's very apparent that she had like mental illness for sure she has personality disorder people who have personality disorder um have personality problems um in also situations and uh they usually become teachers or professors because then they always talk down to people you know like that's why they that's like people have personality disorder it's crazy that how many actually turn to being teachers and i don't even interesting it's like insult it's insulting to teachers but i'm just saying um anyway so she was a language specialist she was like a genius with languages and she's she teached um italian french Spanish she speaks Danish and English like all of these languages were self-taught wow um but that being said like she was always gone like teaching or night school or whatever and then she started dating one of her students which is weird and then he moved in so she had she was addicted to um abusive relationships and just like not very selfish like she's you know she was sick she probably tried her best as a mom but you know um, didn't have any like confidence in herself and would just, it was just a really abusive household. You know, she was anorexic. She was bulimic. She put that on us, told us that we'll never be loved if we're fat. Um, uh. you know, and then had men in her life that like beat the shit out of her. And then, you know, they could do the same things to us if it was sexual abuse or mental abuse or anything. So it was just, so my Thousand Oaks experience was not like that. You know, it right. wasn't like the other kids at all. I was always hiding what was happening in my life because I felt like I lived in like Pleasantville um, and everybody was like kind of psycho. And like, I had this real life that was like, my sister and I always hid. Um, but it always like, weighed on our shoulders really bad, you know? And like nobody knew at school or anything like that. No, and we never told my dad and we never told like when we went to... Um, I never even told, I had a, I had a black stepsister and a, and a black mom actually. And back in those days, and I never told my stepsister, like I never told like any of the kids in the, the apartment buildings, nothing. It was something my sister and I always just hid. I thought that if my dad found out, he'd like fucking kill somebody and then we'd lose him. Like he'd go to jail. Right. You know? So well, that's a lot a to think when you're young. Like yeah, to have to really deal nice. with like all this. Yeah, it was it was gnarly. It was gnarly. And then how did you get into modeling then? Like, was that a way to escape all that? Because you got into modeling when you were young, right? The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back. 
and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who's a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues, anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and better help really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. Yeah, really young. So growing up, probably because of what was happening in our house, I didn't have any friends because I didn't, I couldn't relate to any of these people in school. So I played tetherball by myself all the time. And I hear that every adult says that now. And I'm like, I don't remember anybody else playing tetherball by themselves except for me when I was like in school. I don't even know what tetherball is. Oh, you don't? Okay. Tetherball is where you just keep hitting it around and you can make it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Like well, tennis, wow, like tennis on a stick ish. I, I, I know exactly what it is now, but I didn't know that that's what it was called. It's called tetherball. Yeah. So you just looked at that thing and like, just never knew the name of it and was cool with that. I also had no friends in high school. So there okay. you go. Oh, this is, this is, uh, this is elementary school, but, um, um well, I had anyway, no friends in I, elementary school either. So there. Okay. Um, I'm trying to circle it to like what, what, how modeling started. So. Yes. Um, I would just, I, my, my dad, I told my dad that I wanted to like get in the industry because he was a grip and he was in the union, the motion picture, um, industry. So he was back and forth at universal or NBC studios or, you know, on location, like all the time. So I, you know, like he did clueless for instance, you know, and I remember him coming to a track meet and was like, and this was in high school, like freshman. And he was like, I just filmed this movie that you're really, like I was a part of this big movie that you're gonna love. It's called Clueless. And it's like high school and they're all in fashion. I was like, no way. And then later on it came out, I was like, dad, what the fuck? <laughs> I 
you know? You're like, um, can I meet Alicia Silverstone, please? Yeah, totally. And he told me she was always so nice. And I was like, that's great to hear. Anyway, um, I didn't have any friends. So what he tried to do is he tried to um, get me involved with Scientology. So he took me to Scientology and he had, cause he knew that like John Travolta was there and like Tom Cruise and like all these big celebrities were at the one right here on Franklin, like down the road from my house, um, the celebrity center. So he brought me there. He knew that there was something going on with me emotionally, mentally. Like it's not just like coming into teens, like this might be deeper. Like, I think he knew that shit was going down in my house, but like we never told him. I was so scared that I was going to lose him if we told him. So, um, he brought me there to do the personality test and they had all these classes for like young teens, like want to get into the industry, like how to mingle with the, the, the city, you know? And it was like, I did classes, like how to get along with others, how to build relationships with people, you know? And he, these are what the courses were called. And so my dad like had me do all these classes there and you know, it got me to where I met some people, but like, in the end, like I was running down a hallway crying and like begging for my dad and like, you know, the saga of like the latest of Scientology stories, like it did not end well. And, um, but it like got you were me- working your way up without even knowing it. Yeah. And I think just in that instance, like it just, it probably did give me a little bit more confidence because I did see myself around celebrities. Like it got me to a place where I at least felt like I got to another step, right? What do you um, mean? For- like, would you be in a class and like Tom Cruise would run by and John Travolta would say, hey, you look like a nice little girl. <laughs> no, but um, there was a couple, like, it was like, they would just go and hang out and talk, like maybe there's a speaker or something. And so you would go, if it was like bef- like 20 minutes before one of the classes, you would go and just, cause there's like a lounge area, like right when you walk in and that's where everybody kind of like hangs out and there's like a little cafe like right when you walk in so you can order food there and they and you could like I remember I saw um remember married with children the brother yeah David like Faustino. he was always there and I was like oh my really? god like, I watch this show every day you know interesting. and so I was just seeing him when I would like go to my classes interesting you know so I just felt like it was a little bit more tangible because I was like seeing it in front of my face yeah kind of you know like I'm not in the movies but at least I'm seeing real people that are in it and then from there I remember I just kept asking my dad to like get me in like to take pictures with people so we were in the yellow pages like looking for headshot people like someone to take my pictures he got me into John Robert Powers also um that started in junior high so all this was like junior like seventh grade I was like 11 12 years old um I did a teen magazine like do you remember teen magazine they had the yearly um modeling search I got I got top 13 for the entire year yeah they put my picture in there and sent me like 500 dollars of Maybelline makeup I thought I made it you know so did you love modeling like right away from all for all these reasons well, I mean, what is more desired by a young girl that's getting like molested and beaten up all the time? It nothing seems more like think Forrest Gump. Think like what was what Alice? What was his girl's name? Th- that I don't Forrest, know. Oh I'm, shit, he called. I'm her bad something. when it comes to like. If you ask Call me about him. reality TV or Clueless, I can talk to you. Forrest okay, Gump. Well, I saw Forrest it, Gump, but I don't remember anything. I'm trying to remember anyway. 
it's just like, of course, I think that that's just a natural psychological escape to want to just be like, oh, like fly away and be glamorous, you know? And your mother, like, did she, with all this going on at home, like, did she have any idea you were modeling or she just kind of stayed out of it? Oh, she tried to sabotage it the whole time. She would call my agencies and say she's going to sue them for child pornography just because um, she'd see a picture where I look fucking gorgeous, high fashion, but like it's on a street and there's like a hotel sign on the street. She, She knew what she was doing. She just wanted, she loved to like, make me her punching bag. She wanted to destroy my life every single fucking chance she could. It was a nightmare. So agencies would just drop me because they were like, sorry, like, I'm like, but she's crazy. And they're like, yeah, but you're 15. And so we don't even want to deal with that shit. And I was like, fuck. So then I would go to the next agency and then I'd be like, hi guys. Like my book was full of tears. I was always working. Um, so it was easy always to get another agent, but like, you know, I ran away at 15 with my, with it models, lived in my own model's apartment with Tiffany. That was the other girl out there. Um, and lived there for three months, 15 years old on my own in a model's, model's apartment. Like you asked my dad, I'm like, dad, why would you let me go? And he goes, what do you mean? You just left. Like he, they gave me my passport and I was out of here. Why wow. Was that in LA or that was away? Like a no, my agency flew me to New York. I was doing oh, like wow. Delia's and like Robinson's May. And like, I even booked the guest campaign, um, a whole guest ad campaign. And once again, my mom ru- ruined that one. She made them take me home. Well, 15 and living in New York on your from, own. And lived in, and, and from LA. Like I didn't live it. I live in Los Angeles. I was like, I'll just be there for like a week. And then it like ended up being three months later. And then, you know, my mom's like, what the fuck? Where is Lisa? And then eventually you had to go home. (laughs) Yeah, she she threatened them and she made them send me home. And then I couldn't do the guest ad campaign, which would have really like catapulted my career. She was literally the opposite of a stage mom. Like, Yeah, no, she wanted to destroy my entire life. That's all she does. That's all she does. But when I was still... on Shark Tank, like just when I was on Shark, I don't talk to my mom, you know, like I haven't forever. And I talk about this because I think it's important for people to understand that just because you're blood does not mean you stick around and take abuse. You know, you don't do that. Like, fuck that. Um, I'm not friends with her or anything, but, but after Shark Tank, because I talked about my journey in life and what, why this product came about and uh, talked about like how I grew up with like an eating disorder and my mom and, you know, and I think the story and the journey is amazing. Like I own that. That's mine. Like my mom can't take that away from me and not let me share that with people. Um, I don't tag her. Like, you know, I leave her out of it. You know, nobody knows her name, but um, she wrote me right after that and on Facebook. And she's like, I wish I never had you. Like you're the worst thing that you're like the biggest mistake of my life. You know, after getting a deal on Shark Tank, that's what I get. Well, that's, first of all, insane. That, yes, that's insane. And second of all, so she never, like when you were on Top Model, like she never did the opposite, you know, because like a lot of people who are quote unquote in the public eye, or I mean, like it's different if you're like become really famous. Like it's not like she she was like hitting you up for money. You're hanging with Tyra now. Like it was, it was like, you're still in the state. No, when I was on Top Models, she, like, wanted to, she, it goes back and forth. Like, it's either, like, 
oh my god, I love you. You're my baby girl. And like, I'm so proud of you. Or it's like, I fucking hate you. Like, die in a fire. You know, um, I'm telling you, like I said, she's got a mental illness. So I have to just like roll with the punches that I'm just somebody that doesn't have a mom. And also, like, it would have been better not not to have one. Like, for real, you know? <laughs> like then, But you're close to your father. Very close. Yeah, he lives with me. I take care of him. And you applied for Top Model on a dare. Is this true? That is true. Yeah, it's true. So tell me about, like, how... Wait, if I were to ask you to name a song by Dolly Parton or Queen, could you answer that in under 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, you need to play Trivia Star. What about if I asked you for a member of the Beatles or New Kids on the Block? Could you answer that in under 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, you need to play Trivia Star. What if I were to ask you to name a movie by John Travolta or Tom Hanks? Can you answer that in under 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, you need to play Trivia Star. Do you guys know the capital of Canada? How about the country of origin for kebabs? Play Trivia Star now and prove your knowledge. Listen, Trivia Star is perfect for anyone listening to this podcast. It's a free mobile trivia game with over 60 different categories that you get to choose from. Music, TV, animals, and celebrities. Come on. Do we want to talk about anything here behind the velvet rope other than music, TV, and celebrities? But they have over 60 different categories. If you choose the correct answer from the multiple choices and beat the clock, you move on to the next level. It sounds simple, right? But the questions get harder and harder over time. So if you get stuck, don't worry. You get these coins and gems and you, you use the coins and gems to get hints, and then you can beat that level, and then you can move on. And if you love trivia like I do, honestly, this game, you will get sucked in. This game is amazing. Right now, Trivia Star is offering 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. You get those for free, and that's what you need to do to move on to the next level if you get stuck and you need help. I cannot stop playing this game. It is so addicting. I love the celebrity category. I love the music category. And duh, I love the TV category. Trivia Star has thousands of five-star reviews in Apple, in the Apple Store, and it's the number one trivia game on the App Store. So download it today. Challenge yourself. Just go to Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Go to Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. You are going to love this. Download Trivia Star for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. It is so fun. You will be addicted just like I am. I mean, what? Like you're just waking up one day? Like how did that come about? Because were you modeling at that time still? Or oh yeah, I've I've yeah, I was already you know lived like modeled in Milan and New Zealand and Australia and New York and um yeah and also had been um, doing a few shows for like hosting of clubs like I was bopping around on planes and making money and then I was also when I came home I had a, a side waitressing job that I could just like pop on and off like whenever I wanted called Killer Shrimp in the Valley. It's 12 to 14 medium-sized shrimp sauteed in a medium spicy secret Cajun style sauce. You can either get it over angel hair pasta or white steamed rice. And there's always angel, there's always French bread for dunking. Boom. Um, well, that sounds good. I mean, I, I would take it over the angel hair pasta personally. Uh, yeah. So anyway, basically like when I went on top model, I was like a professional model you know, and they wanted me to downplay that. 
They didn't they want did. me to talk about that. No. So who dared you? Like one of your friends is like just applied? the girls from Killer Shrimp. The girls from Killer. Sh- oh. I didn't watch television. My, the the girls from Killer Shrimp were like, "Girl, you've got to watch. You've got to like try out for this show. It's like a modeling competition." And I was like, "But those are for beginners, right?" And they're like, "Yes." And I was like, "But I'm not." And they're like, "Yeah, but it's like this whole thing where they like." you know, it's like they hang out like a sorority in a house and you get to watch all that shit. Like you'd be so fun and also kill it at the photo shoots. And I was like, got a point, you know, like if it means like national, you know, famous exposure, like television, I mean, I was doing commercials and stuff, you know, but not where you knew my name, you know, I was like doing Coca-Cola commercials and H&M commercials and like Gap commercials. So it was um, I guess it was just on another level because it would just be developing who I really am rather than this persona or actor that I play, right? Like a, a part. Totally. Because it was the fifth cycle. So like these girls already knew what Top Model was because there was four other options to yes. watch it. Yes. And so, then you, yeah, go on. So sorry. They're, they're, okay. So my friend, Chris, I didn't have a television. Like the only TV that I had at my apartment was one of those that you could put like a VHS in and like watch movies. I was like doing my own line of dog sweaters and like I had toured all over the world being bald for like Sebastian's International. I was like the zipper head girl. And so like I was just in this artsy place where like my hair was growing out, I was hippie-esque and like painting tons of paintings, my own dog sweaters that were like reversible hoodies. Like I was selling them all around to like Chateau Marmotte and like um, tail waggers and you know, I was like a seamstress. And and before that, I was also a wardrobe stylist. And I did like Shakira and Fat Joe. You know, like I've been, I had been around the block as far as behind the scenes and in front of, in front of the camera, even in the industry. So I was like, when they got me, I, if you notice, I don't know if you remember, my hair was like dark brown and it wasn't a style at all. Like when I first went in there, like I had a bunch of pins, you know, trying to make it yeah. look cute. It was growing out from being bald. Um, so I didn't, they told me not to change my hair by the time I got on the show because they're like, we, it's perfect. We'll do a whole makeover. And I was like, great. Cause I need a hairstyle. And then, Oh, this is the part I, I didn't tell you. So my girlfriends at killer shrimp, Christina, destiny and Bridget and Val, they all like filled out the application for me because I kept joking about it and writing like stupid answers. Like, you know, it was like, what's your favorite food? And I was like, I think I wrote things like, um, like, uh, what did I write? I know I wrote one like Ezekiel toast with, um, like I would write the most specific boring food on purpose. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, stop making a joke of this. So my whole application is like wide out. And then it's like in different handwriting because while we were waitressing, you know, desks would be like, Christina, answer number 24, you know, like they were taking turns, like, and they're like, Lisa fucked up 13 again, you know, like we, that's how my application was filled out. Um, I turned it in, they turned it in and then you had to send in a video. So Christina, she came to my apartment and filmed me and she's like, you're going to talk about like your painting of this like what is that and I was like I don't know like you want me to be myself well here we go so she filmed it for me like we're talking full dare and like I never even had seen the show so and you must have not thought you were gonna get it right like you were just like whatever I definitely did not I didn't think that I wouldn't get it because I knew how cool I was 
And I also knew that like, there's nobody that's going to have an audition tape like mine. Like, cause I'm not trying to be anything, you know, I was just like being authentically myself. And if they can't see how cool that is, then fuck it. You know, like to me, it was like, I don't care. Um, and you were yeah, already working as a model too. So yes, exactly. So like, and I had a full book of tears and like, I was, I was, you know, in acting school, you know, Playhouse West and Howard Fine and going every week and had a, you know, super structure and worked really hard, you know, like so many jobs at a time. So in the audition table, I was like, Hey, I'm Lisa. Like, these are my dog sweaters. There's like a whole, like tons of like four racks down a hallway of just dog sweaters. And then I was like, look at the reversible hoodies. And it was like metallic with like hoodies and like the coolest shit. And, and then I was like, those are my paintings. And, um, I'm like, I've modeled forever. So if you guys want me, cool. If you don't, then fuck you. Okay, bye. You know, like that's you said how that? I'm sure I did. I remember the first interview in front of like not it wasn't Tyra. It was like, you know, just the casting directors at first. And they're like, tell me about yourself, you know? And I was like, my name's Lisa Motherfucking D'Amato. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. I cut in front of this fucking line because I ain't waiting around this whole thing. Um, you guys wanna you guys want to be part of this, like, the, you know, like, I'm, what I say, I used to say it all the time, I'm the fucking jam, if you don't want to spread your bread with my shit, then, like, you aren't my people, you know, and I was, like, born and raised in Los Angeles, my mom's, like, I can't stand that bitch, love my dad, daddy's girl, you know, been on my own since I was 14, dealt with physical, mental, um, sexual abuse, got through it, killing it, modeling around the world, hopping on planes, what's up? Green eyes, olive skin, nice ass lips, check out my fucking profile. Like I was, I was super cocky, but fun. Like you were standing on a stage while this was happening and they were just like, okay. Well, I think it was like, I didn't know the show. I didn't understand, you know, my friends watched it, but I thought it was some tacky ass show that like, pulp culture people watch that I was like against you know like I'm not for the Kardashians like I'm not for like something that's pushed in your face you know I would never wear like juicy pants you know it's just not like not who I am so to me I was just walking into an audition knowing that if this is a show about being a cool ass fucking bad bitch and good at modeling well then hello here I am you know when you said all this, like, do they ask, like, okay, what do you mean? Like, you were physically, mentally, sexually abused, or it's not, not yet? Like, that's yeah, doesn't... no, I, I, I was always very blunt. I've always been very blunt because I just think, like, what is the purpose of like dilly dallying? Like, if we need to get through this, let's get it done. Um, no, I was like, no, my mom, like, you know, she's a teacher, she's a genius, she's a language specialist, like, she's so many amazing things and brilliant, but she's sucked, dude, like, being raised by a mom that, like, would literally eat you if she could, like, that's, like, if anybody's the strongest fucking person around this entire building, it's me, you know, like, that's how I spoke, and I was very, I was like, trust me, like, you have no fucking clue what I can get, get through. Well, that's probably why they liked you. And that's probably why they like mentally, not like just mentally manipulated and gaslighted me with through all my childhood trauma that entire season to just constantly watch me break, I guess. So like when, which I have some questions about. So like when you said all this, 
you know, did they like have more questions? Like, tell us about this abuse. Like, were they writing notes? Because no. I, I want to come back to that. Because right, because they did gaslight. So I want to talk about that. But like, did they were they gathering well, facts? When you're when you are going into um like the finals where you go and stay at a hotel and then they all put you more in the pressure cookers you know it's like 72 and then it's down to like 35 and then it goes down to like 20 and then it goes down to the 14 like during that whole hotel period of that week you're seeing psychologists you're going to one psychologist that's asking you a ton of things you're doing um your psychological evaluations which take like two days just that it's just like a fucking term paper and it's like a thousand a thousand questions of like do you hear voices do voices hear you and then it'll be like when you're not when when nobody's talking do you hear sounds you know it's like they'll constantly it's It's like the same question in different ways to try to to try to see like if you're with it or not like you know? And I mean, is that, so is that what they're trying to do? Are they trying to make sure that you're not crazy? Or are they also trying to say, we're handing everything you say over to producers and this will all be used against you soon? I think that they pick who's the one to do it to. I don't think they all do it at all. I think it's for like, they pick one per season. Like I know Gianna Turner from her cycle, they did the same shit to her, like really bad. I don't know who gets bullied more online. Like it's a life sentence after a top model. If you were the chosen one to like fucking rip your soul, your like heart apart for, for the rest of your life through a, um, like narrated the wrong way. Like it's not this, it's not the story that happened and then like project a false character on you. And then, project it in like the 156 countries that the show airs on on repeat every every single day um kind of yeah it's kind of crazy because you know she was raised in foster care like her life was really scary and sad you know her mom was a drug addict and they made her seem like she was such a snob and that's fucked up because she's already been dealt so many punches in life that you're like, you're going to make her and they're and top model. You tell them that you complain to top model and be like, why would you do that? And they're like, but people are saying like, they're mentioning you. Like they're, you're getting more attention because of it. You should be thankful. And you're like, no, why should I be thankful for that? Like you're making people have bad judgments on me that then like, for instance, like they made me look like an alcoholic, which I mean, yes, I love myself a glass of red wine, but at the same time, like they're putting you in the pressure cooker And then also like editing your drinking every single night when it was like four nights out of the whole month and everyone was drinking, you know what I mean? You're like, why would you do that to a young girl? I mean, I remember I waited, waited some tables and like a few people are like, why would I give you fucking money when you're just going to buy alcohol? Like, that's my real job. And I'm like, why would they do that to me? Like I, that was not who I was. Do they, so when you were going through these psychological evaluations, like they really it all came out, right? Like they wanted all this, like the more you talked, I imagine. So like they knew all about your mother and all this. They knew everything. Yeah. Um, They had me talk to like three different psychologists on cycle five. I don't think they believed my story, but like to know. Really? Like they were questioning whether all this was true about your mother. I don't know. Like why else would they have, 
I don't know who else talked to that many, but like I had to repeat myself to like three different psychologists. And I think they probably all put their notes together and was like, holy shit, by the way, cycle five, right? Yes. When I was quarantined in London, producers came into my hotel room with Kim because I got eliminated. I was with, I think Kim was eliminated already. And they had a talk with me and said that my mom was in the hospital for attempted murder from my father and my uh, stepdad. And if like, do I need to get on the phone? Like, you know, your mom's, your mom's going to survive, but you know, she's been beaten up pretty hard. And so they're going to keep her in the hospital for a few, for a few days. And I, and I was like, and, and they're like, I'm like, it's a cycle. This is what I'm used to. So they knew that I wasn't lying. When was that? That was like while you were quarantined before you started the show? No, that was quarantine, like right after I got eliminated. In after London. you got eliminated. So like Which at was- least they knew all this. Like that was my point. Like they knew your whole story. So, oh, yeah. So like so when they- So they you. Because I hadn't had any therapy yet in my life. You know, after that, I went on Dr. Drew. And then I went on all these other therapy. I went on, you know, marriage boot camp. I, I, I got therapy on my own, you know, through the years. So I'm so grateful for- the opportunities that it created, but like, that's really fucked up. And, and there's real life consequences to that type of like bullying forever, you know, of people just constantly like, and they, the thing is, is they, they don't, they're, un, they're, they're, they're misguided in what they know, you know, they're told a false narrative and you're like, no, like you don't know the facts. Like you can't, you don't, I'm a good person. Stop sending, like, I'm such a good person. Stop like, telling me I'm a fucking crack whore online, you know? It's crazy. So wait, so when they were gathering all this information about you in the like pre-interviews and all that, when it was down to 14 or whatever, 20, like, did you feel like, was that when you're like, oh, I'm being manipulated? Like, when did you first realize producers On the were manipulating show. No, it, once we was, moved into the house. Was it right no. away? Like as soon as you moved in? Like, don't trust anyone or no? You were like, yeah, no, they started. Fine. No, they started pushing shit right away because like they like, you know, for the record, like in the, I'm going to backtrack one second. When, okay. we, when I was talking to all those therapists, I felt like they were giving me therapy. I was like, oh my God, this therapy is amazing. You know, I thought that I was getting like, they were like giving me help. And I was like, this is so great. I felt like um, they were contributing to my health and like, I made it, you know, like, Oh my God, not only am I going to get to go on the show, but like, also like I'm getting to talk to all these therapists. That's so amazing. Cause I've never, I've never talked to one before. And then we go on the show and I realize, Holy shit. Like they are trying to destroy my entire, they're trying to crack my heart open. Yeah. It was, it was devastating. It was absolutely devastating. So you really were like, right. Like I've never gotten therapy and wow, I love this. Like I'm talking, we're making some progress, even though it was very quick to talk about no, they it for were the first long, time. They were, long, they were long sessions. I'd be sitting in there with, for like an hour with each one of them. It was like great. Wow. And then you go, you wait two months and then you have to pack up and get your life ready. And then you go on top model and then you move into the house. And it's like, as soon as I like got, you know, we're, we're about to like run inside the house. Like I was ready to, you know, I had never seen the show. So straight from the jump, like I have no fucking clue what I'm doing because they all start running for their beds. And I had no clue that that's what they do on the first episode. So I had no bed because there's only 13 beds when there's 14 girls. So I was losing like from the moment we got in there from not watching the show. 
you know? Well, Tyra like right, told me. Yeah. Tyra told on. me before going on, like when we got, when we all got chosen, like the final 14 or 13, I don't remember how many it was. Um, she's like, you should probably watch the show before moving into the house, right? That's what she meant. You should probably watch the Does show. Does she call you or like, how did that, how did that No, when she gave me like my picture, like at the hotel, like that whole like two week or one week process or whatever it was of the final casting, right? So when I, I was chosen last, I knew she would do that shit. She didn't like it that like, I, you know, I could ask her any question about modeling, you know? And then like the question I asked her was like, what was it like to work with Will Smith? And that was, and she's like, get out of here. And I was like, what? She's like, get out of here. Like she kicked me out of that during casting. She was mad at me during casting. Cause like, I wasn't an ass kisser. Um, but that being that I knew that I knew that she was going to choose me last because like, I wasn't the one that was like going, ah, Tara, I just walked into the room. you know, like I was just like, okay, where do, what do we do next? You know, like, let's just nail this out as work, you know? Right. Um, yeah, Tyra likes when people, you know, she kiss, likes kiss her, the ring. Yeah. She likes everyone to kiss the ring and I don't, I'm not a ring kisser. I respect her. I'm not, no disrespect, you know? But like, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not that towards anybody. Did you like, grow I'm up like idolizing her? Like, or not, you know, like looking up to her, like when you were a young model, like who did you look, was she one of the ones you looked up to or no? I thought I, okay. As far as like modeling is concerned in models, like my favorite model was Naomi Campbell. I'm going to say that because she was in that, that, um, that George one Michael. video with Michael Jack, which she was, yes, that, but wasn't Tyra in one of those too? Was she? Was she not? Maybe not. She could have been. I thought, I think not Naomi Campbell and like Linda Evangelista. Linda's my favorite. That's a good Total one. Number one. Then it's Christy Turlington. Then it's, you know, I, I, I always loved um, Tyra for not only being super gorgeous because, you know, she was a lighter. I wasn't surprised because she was so gorgeous. Like for me, Naomi being like such a dark skinned black woman. Like, to me, she was more empowering to me. Does that make sense? Like, I was like, damn, that's fucking fine. And, like, yeah. her walk was so hardcore. Like, she was just, she didn't give a shit. And that's what I loved. So when Tyra came on the scene, like, okay, we're talking, like, 90s models, right? Claudia Schiffer, Carla Bruni, Linda Evangelista, Christy Turlington, Claudia Schiffer, you know, um, Letizia. Like, I can go... I can go pretty far. Those are good ones. <laughs> right? I like, like, I like Claudia Schiffer. Yeah, same. Um, so when Tyra came on the scene, I was like, she's a she's a green-eyed, light, exotic, beautiful black woman. But to me, it was like, she just looked so obviously stunning that it was like less impressive as a model because, because it wasn't like breaking as many barriers as I thought Naomi had done. Does that make, does that kind of make sense? Because like, she was she like darker successful. skin and like less of the classic beauty at that time. Well, yeah, because everything in the United States in general is like really whitewashed. So right. to me, like Naomi was more of a, um, like a barrier breaker, right? That makes sense. Like being a very dark, like dark skinned black woman in my eyes as a little, like as a teenager, Cause that's when it, like, I was 10 years old in the nineties. That makes yeah. sense to me. 
you know? So I just knew she was going to be a successful model, blah, 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 blah. Do you know when I, when I got so much respect for Tyra? When? I got so much respect for Tyra when she fucking was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I was like, yes, she's an actress now. And she's like acting next to the fucking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Will Smith, what? So to me, like she gained all the respect with not even just being like a one episode, like girlfriend or whatever, or date. Like she was full, like, you know, six episodes, you know, in a season or whatever. So when I asked her that question, that was me like showing her mad respect. Like, oh my God, what was it like to work with Will Smith? Cause that's not just modeling, that's like acting. And for her to kick me out, I remember being like super hurt because I wasn't coming from a place that was trying to disrespect her modeling. I was coming from a place like you went past modeling and you went into this, right? So then after that, well, like obviously before I met her, when I found out that she was doing top model, that was another reason why I wanted to do it because I was like, wow, not only did she do the bit, she broke the barrier of, um, obviously being a super successful model. I mean, look at her, even if you look at her in real life, she's like not even a real person. Like she's so stunning. Um, but then she worked with Will Smith, who's my number one favorite actor. And I love that show. And she was such a good actress in it. And then also did the show now that I'm interviewing for and I'm sitting across from, you know, like as a businesswoman and now as a per, as a, as a producer and a, like, creating her own show for young girls to become models like that's mad respect yeah doesn't mean i'm gonna run up and be like oh my god you know i'm just like looking at her like damn like this is like this is a cool thing to be part of you know i do and so you think because you asked about will smith that she was already, it like right she didn't like that she wanted to definitely like primp me and like, let me feel the wrath of not being an ass kisser for sure. And that's probably why I got picked last. Yeah. So that I would shake in my fucking boots, you know? Um, I didn't though. Cause I was like, I'll just go home anyways and live my best life that I can. You know, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't not like my life. I already, I had, I was doing really cool shit at the time. But yeah, I knew that it was a great opportunity. And, and if I got it, it would do great. I would use it to do great things, you know? So when, and also you got punished for not kissing the ring. So it was that plus Will Smith. Yeah. When did you feel like the producers were, like you said, right when you got there, like right when you got, well, I think, you know, also having 13 beds when there's 14 models that you I didn't mind. Is- I was like, fine, I'll sleep on the floor. I don't care. You know, uh, there was a few things that like, in the, like the first couple weeks, probably even less than that. Cause every week television week. So we knew per episode was like every three or four days. So we knew that every three days was one episode, you know? So, um, it was probably day six that, um, Ebony got eliminated. That was my best friend on the show at the time, like through casting and everything. So she got eliminated, which I thought sucked. And by that time, um, they were, the producers were already doing things like, like we came home, right? Like we came home, nothing, nobody's lived there for too long. So all of our stuff is still like all together. And then we come home and the whole entire house is a complete mess, you know? And, and somebody's right. bag is completely ripped open and like destroyed. And then it was like, oh yeah, well it must've been, you know, 
whoever ripped the bag because they were mad at each other. And I remember right then it was like, ding. I was like, you guys, are you like, come on. Like we come home and this whole place is a mess and like, we're going to turn on each other. Like they fucking ripped the bag. And they're like, shut up, Lisa. You think you fucking know everything. I bet you it was, you know, like Jayla. And I'm like, ugh. And so I just started seeing, it's like when you can kind of see past, you know, you, you can see past the, the smoke and mirrors. Right. And it was just really annoying because while they were like mentally manipulating me and, and saying things like, what do you think your mom would say to you right now? You know, like. That's what they would say to you like yeah, off camera. You, yeah. They would say things all the time to like, <laughs> to get me to cry or whatever. And then, and then they got all the girls to think that I was talking shit about them in my interviews. Even Jayla was like, dude, they went nuts and, and told me when we had our mics off one night, she was like, the producers are literally telling me that you're saying that I did the worst job that like, you think I suck. I'm ugly. And I'm like, Oh, I have never said that. I was like, if I have shit to say, I'll say it to your face, you know? And she's like, that's crazy. So I know that the producers were also pushing all the girls against me. And then the, all, nobody, nobody would believe me. Then they're like, why would we believe you, Lisa? Like, that's so that, well, you're just trying to cover up like what you did and what you said. Like, we all know that you're talking shit about us. And I was like, but I'm not. Like, you don't know what's happening right now. Like, it was crazy. And do you think they picked you? Like, do they pick multiple girls or no? You think it's like one or two a season? Like, you were their target that season. I think I was definitely their target. And you know what? I thought during that time, I was like, dude, they're totally manipulating these girls, but maybe they're also doing it to their childhood triggers or whatever too. So then I never wanted to like ruin them or, or make them sad about like what the producers are doing to them. So I never brought it up and I just like kept dealing with what I was dealing with. And it turns out that they probably picked, um, um, Corinne, they probably were doing that same shit to Corinne actually as me. Because you, she had a lot of shit that was happening at home and they would, they would, they would push on those for sure. That's what I was going to say. Like, do you think they picked you because of your mother? Like your abuse? When you oh, were young? absolutely. Like, if you had a super abusive background for sure. And if they like, yeah, they probably did that to Corinne because Corinne was in a super abusive, um, like physically abusive, like relationship, like boyfriend at the time. And so that's why I always tried to still be friends with her, even though that I knew that she was getting manipulated. I was like, I'm your friend. Like, don't be mad at me. I was like, cause I was, I was really feeling for her. I wanted to help her and make her feel like she wasn't alone in the house. Well, that's, that's like, how I felt. well, that's like kind of sick, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's all sick. It's all so sick. I mean, you know, so, Joni, yeah. I'll tell you this, you know, Joni from season six. Yeah. Joni. Okay. So listen to this. Joni and I became like best friends after both of our seasons lived with each other. Everything. Everyone was shocked. They're like, Joni, how are you friends with Lisa? That fucking bitch. And she's like, she's not, Oh, you know, the bitch and the America sweetheart. That was Joni and I for a long time in LA bopping around. Um, she top model called us this one time and they invited us to an award show and they wanted to present Joni for being her, she was up for an award and it was called the, the ugliest cry. That was okay. the award that they were going to give out. And they were going to award me with, um, the funnest, no, like the messiest drunk 
or like what was the other one like the craziest the craziest of all the contestants and I remember I was like Joni I'm not going to this like I'm telling them that I'm not going and they also told me that they were not gonna let like the only person that I was allowed to invite was my mom and I was like these people are fucking sick like no and so I told they're like we can contact her we can do all the work and I was like you're not doing shit. How fucking dare you? You know? And even when I went on the Tyra show, even after my season, like they just said that I was going to talk about, uh, the top model and anything that we, we can't talk about. I was like my mom, like I've already, I'm, I'm done talking to you guys about that or whatever. And as soon as I walk out to her studio audience, she's like, everyone remembers Lisa, but what you don't know about her is that she was mentally abused physically and sexually by all of like being raised by her mom in her mom's household. I walked out literally like grabbed the pillows from her fucking couch, like threw them at the audience, like went into the camera. I was like, fuck this show. Fuck you guys. They literally brought me out in the back, like really? in the green room. And they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, how dare you? And so they calmed me down. They walked me back out and they're like, Tyra's not going to do that again. And I'm like, if you guys fucking film that shit, I will burn this fucking like studio down. They are relentless and so cruel. Anyway, I told Joni, we did it. I came out and then Tyra played nice. And so I finished her dumbass fucking TV, like talk show interview thing. But, um, but I remember they were trying to, to get Corinne's dad there who like was a drug addict and she fucking hated growing up. And I tried to tell her in the back, like in the green room. And then they, they got mad at me and then they locked me up in the back because they were sick of me t talking to the other girls and trying to tell them what they were, what the, sh what Tyra's show was going to do to them. Really? In front of the studio audience. Yeah. They fucking locked me up in a back room in her green room in Tyra's talk show. No, because joke. like Corinne was there too. Like after you, but she didn't I was already like, Corinne, go out. I just heard the producers. Like I just heard like, you know, on their walkies, they're like, bring yeah. Corinne's dad in. And I was like, Corinne, and I have a, they have, they mic me, you know? So I was like, Corinne, they fucking like have your dad here. And she's like, shut the fuck up. And I was like, I'm not kidding. And then they grabbed me and like walked me into a room and then they did her whole interview. She ended up, I guess, being fine with it. Cause like it's her dad or whatever, but like, she was pissed when I told her there's that shows just, it was, everything is, they don't care. Like they're fucking fangs and they don't care who the fuck it hurts, what the public does to ridicule this person for the rest of their life. As long as they got their ratings, like they don't care. And obviously so, Tyra was in on this on her talk show it it's her talk her show mouth. yeah it came out of her fucking mouth and you made it clear before like i'll go on the talk show I'm and not, not to talk yeah. about my mother weeks before weeks and it was before like the, the first talk. thing out of her mouth yes when they put you in the not to interrupt you when they put you in the locked you in this room like they just literally locked shoveled you in yeah and, and locked the door like a closet until her segment was over how long were you in there for? Probably like 12 minutes. I'm not kidding. I'm I just swear, like... I swear on my kids. I, I swear on my kids' lives. I'm not kidding. So going back to like me and Joni in our apartment and them trying to get me to go to this award show where like the only guest that I can have too is my mom and the two rewards that I'm up for are fucking mean and cruel. And then I told, because you know, Joni, they shaved her teeth down into like spikes. Do you remember that? Yeah. So when she was like crying and she had spiked teeth. Okay. And they were going to give her an award for when she cried with her spiked teeth. Cause she looked at herself in the mirror on camera on top model. 
she went and I was like, I cannot believe you went. She came back to the apartment and she was so like, like hurt that, that she won the award, but they kept projecting her face. Like with, when she was like so sad and just was so scared for her teeth. Like those are her real teeth. And they drilled them all down and gave her like fake teeth forever. And she just felt really hurt. And I remember I like consoled her and we probably like had a cigarette by the fucking apartment window, you know? And then she put on, she took off her pretty ass dress and she put on some fucking, you know, slippers and some fucking sweats. And I was like, fuck that show. Like, I wish you didn't go. I was like, that's why I didn't go. I still can't believe you were thrown in the closet on the Tyra Banks talk show. Oh yeah, Tyra, Tyra's fucking talk show threw me in the closet. I like grabbed, I, I like made a mockery of her fucking set. And she asked me to come back to do one other thing where she said that like, I get to give a bunch of things away and I get paid like $600. And I was like, well, it's only four hours and I'm going to give a, like do charity, you know? So I went back and I did it. And I was like, it just keeps putting me on television. So I'll just keep using this bitch for like, at this point, like, fuck her. Like, I'll take everything I get, you know, just use her. Cause she's obviously making money and using me. At least I can get her back a little bit, you know? Um, we were giving out like Samsung like flip phones and I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. I'm taking one and they wouldn't let me have one. And I was like, I'm literally giving them out and I'm doing this whole thing. So I remember we were like on a stage at some school and I was like sliding them. Like they were all, you know, it's off the stage. So we were like sliding them because they're all against there. Yeah. Of course I slid one like where my purse is in the back, you know, I was like, you know, um, you had to do that shit. When you went on the Tyra Banks show, like, was it, I assume you didn't interact with her? It was a, just going The on whole stage. time in the back? No. No, I'm talking about, like, like, weeks where they kept calling me and going, like, well, what if we do it this way? And I was like, no. And then it was like, well, okay, we'll just talk about tomorrow. That's fine. It would be like, you know, I talked to Susie last week. And then it's like, Darren calls the next week. Hey, I'm just following up with Susan's conversation. So... I have here that I like, um, should ask you about the, you know, confirm more of the conversation because we have some concerns about it. And I'm like, what's that? And they're like, well, we really think that it would be a really great idea for you to like shed the light on all the problems that you had growing up as a kid. And I was like, I'm not ready and I'm not doing it with you guys. I'm just not like, if you need me because of top model, we can talk about top model. And yes, after weeks, that was the first thing that came out of her mouth on the teleprompter and read it. And you were just like been down this road before because you were already I, you know, I, go in, I went into fight or flight. It was like, okay, remember when I pissed in the diaper on top yes. model during the drag ass scene? It was, it's like I turn into fight or flight. Like, it's like you get so fed up and you're, you're, you're so wound up from PTSD and you've been manipulated for so long and you like fucking go to fight or flight. Like I had, was talking to Ken Mock on the roof on the jackass like set and I was getting so fed up and just being around like everyone. So I was up at the, t on the roof pool and I had my mic off. Ken Mock comes up and he comes with some other suitors and he's like, is your mic on? And I was like, no. And he goes, where is it? And I was like, it's right there. And I showed it to him. He went to go look at it to make sure it was off. Okay. And he goes, you're really ruining your chances here. So I'm here to tell you that like, if you just keep, keep doing great and like, just kind of calm down, calm down, just relax and just like, 
push through, you're going to do really great. And I was like, Ken, that's real easy to do. It's real easy to do. If you'll just stop fucking like punching me in the heart, bringing up my mom and all the interviews. I know that's you. I know why you guys are telling the producers to say that shit. I'm like, it's fucked up. Stop hurting me and we'll have no problems. Right. He's like, no girl, it's fine. Just deal with the punches, keep doing it, chill out. And you got this girl. And like, right then I knew that he wasn't going to stop. The reason why I was up there was because I was trying to breathe because it was days and days and days and days and days and days of this abuse. That's a constant, constant, constant putting me in a house, like where I'm back with the girls that just got told more shit, fed more lies of like what I didn't say and didn't do and like whatever. And everyone's like against me or they're just, you know, doing their own thing. But it was, nobody was like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't close to anybody. No one was sticking up for me. Like they were all just trying to be the characters that they wanted to be on television. You know, like I was authentic. I was literally like, is this fucking real life? Like, is this happening right now? So I went downstairs and it was like fight or flight. I saw those diapers and I knew right then and there that I was going to put them on and fucking piss on a show. And that's what I did. But of course, Ken Mock, knowing exactly why I did that, goes back behind the cameras, knows exactly when that happened, right after we had that talk, puts that shit on television like I'm a crazy ass lunatic when he knows damn well what I was asking for, which is just human fucking decency. And he projected that shit all over television, all over the world and made me look like a psychopath when he could have just, that could have been his moment of grace, but he didn't. Did you? you, Yes, I do know. I mean, did you know, I mean, did you know at the time when you were hissing at the t- did you know that. they were going to use it? Yeah. No, I knew that they could. I knew that they could. But while I was filming on the show, I really thought that since cameras were like everywhere, they weren't on that rooftop. That's obvious. But I really thought that the cameras were, were going to show the truth and show my perspective. Right. You know, like, because it was so obvious to me, like they were seeing the cameras were also seeing and hearing the producers asking me certain things that like, were obviously and then the way that they would react to it, I was like, this is crazy. For instance, when um, Nicole and Kyle won something to where they get to film or host or introduce like a winner for the MTV movie awards or something like that, right? They get to film in front of the house and not like in the living room, the producers asked me to come and sit and sit right in front of them while they, while they film that. And they're like, encourage, encourage them. And I was like, Oh, okay, totally. Because right before that they're dressed in nine in all the clothes I put them in, what they're wearing in that is my clothes. So I was like, Oh, I'll totally do that. The girls all knew that I had been modeling since I was 15 and traveled the world and everything. They also knew that production did not want me to talk about that. Cause I told them that. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, trying to be encouraged I was like you guys that was so good you know maybe come up on that word or whatever and encouraging them um but you know things take a long time to film so while they're taking down and they're loading new whatever whatever that's when they film me looking bored like because I'm just like this like looking like irritated because things are taking too long and then they make everyone who's watching the show think that I'm literally on top of them to ridicule them or make them feel uncomfortable during their win I would never do that 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the, that's the, they constantly put these like, like ideas in people's heads. And I was like, it didn't happen like that. Like I literally was there for encouragement. Were there other times like I Ken mock or Tyra, whoever said like, make sure your mic is off and then kind of. No, you know, she was never there. She's not like there. Right. Like, Everyone goes, what's Tyra like? And I'm like, you know, as much as I do, like anytime I, you saw her on camera is when I saw her on camera. Like what were, what were her and I doing? Like nothing. She was talking and then I walk up to her. Like, you know, she's not somebody that I think most of the contestants don't know who the fuck Tyra is. And I know that Tyra must know like what goes on and just doesn't do it, say anything. She's well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like she must, I mean, you felt like anything can said to you went to Tyra, right? I would assume. Thanks for tuning into our part one sit down with Miss Lisa D'Amato. And stay tuned for part two, where we talk more about America's Next Top Model, more about Tyra, more about what it was like on scene, behind the cameras. We talk about her return for the All-Stars edition. We talk about life after America's Next Top Model. And we also talk about her appearance on Shark Tank, where she got to deal with the one, the only, Miss Barbara Corcoran. And of course, Celebrity Rehab, we are just getting into it with Lisa D'Amato. Stay tuned for part two. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.